You're listening to Calvary La Habra's podcast. For more information, visit us at calvarylh.com. Thanks for listening. How are we doing? Good. Well, before we break off with uh, the guys and the gals, uh, we're going to start our round-the-table discussions. Uh, Lori's going to be on that and with the girls, and we'll be down here with the guys. Uh, and we want to start off at your tables praying for Ukraine and what's going on over there. So, But as you're there, uh, different scriptures kind of pop out uh, that, that encourage me and I believe will encourage us. Um, sometimes we look at life and our personal life. We might be going through a storm, and that's all we see is a storm. We don't see anything but a storm. Anybody ever been through a storm? You're like, that's all I see. All right. How many of you would say, wow, we look at the world, and it looks like the world is one big storm right now? Yeah. This is for us. Psalm 93. The Lord reigns. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed. He has girded himself with strength. Surely the world is established so that it cannot be moved. Your throne is established from old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. But the Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, than the mighty waves of the sea. Your testimonies are very sure. Holiness adorns your house, O Lord, forever. Lord, settle our hearts. May we see you in this season of our life as the God that you are, the God that has always been, forever will be, and, and is, the creator of all, the sustainer of all. May we see you as our protection, as our provision, as our strength, as our peace, as our comfort. May we be mindful of one another and be praying for one another and be there for one another, encouraging one another in this very challenging time on earth as the body of Christ. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. And amen. All right. Well, girls, have a blast down on the other end of the campus. And uh, tonight, us guys, if you're watching online, we're going to, you can choose online to listen to the guys. We're going to be doing a panel following a teaching. And girls online, you can choose to listen to the girls down on the other end. They'll be on there in just a minute. And uh, why don't you guys come, come a little, come on. Come in closer. Let's get in tight. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, there we go. We're family, so it's good to be together as bros. So tonight, uh, Mead is going to come up. He's going to share from Joshua chapter 17 he, he, without a guitar. It's an amazing thing. Uh, but Mead is also gifted in sharing God's word. And so we're honored to have him. So let's welcome up Mito. You might want to get your camera out and take pictures of this rare occurrence because this might be the last time 
It'll ever happen. Just kidding. Just kidding. All right. Uh, well, turn your Bibles to Joshua chapter 17. Let me get my iPad on. Um, as you know, we're in the last part of the book of Joshua. And um, this is the part where, um, you know, the conquests are, are over for now. And, and uh, it's time to divvy up the land. And tonight we're going to find ourselves highlighting uh, Ephraim and Manasseh. Now, Ephraim and Manasseh are the two sons of Joseph. And in the previous chapter, in chapter 16, um, Ephraim's allotment was, was given to them. And in the early part of chapter 17, uh, the allotment was given over to Manasseh. Uh, but we're going, to, we're going to look at verses 14 through 18 tonight because that's where Redpath camped out. And hey, wouldn't you know it, we're actually in the same chapter in the book of Joshua as we are in Victorious Christian Living for Once. So it's not confusing tonight. So, it's noted uh, both in chapter 16 and 17 pertaining to Ephraim and Manasseh that uh, they were given an allotment of land, but they didn't utterly drive out the inhabitants of the land. And uh, we'll, we'll highlight that in a bit. But the interesting thing is, here they are, um, both of these tribes, um, which really are one, because they're from Joseph. And they are going to approach Joshua. And they're going to approach him with a request. And so let's just uh, read through 14 through 18 here. It says, Then the children of Joseph spoke to Joshua, saying, Why have you given us only one lot and one share to inherit, since we are a great people, inasmuch as the Lord has blessed us until now? So Joshua answered them, If you are a great people, then go up to the forest country and clear a place for yourself, there in the land of the Perizzites and the giants, since the mountains of Ephraim are too confined for you. But the children of Joseph said, The mountain country is not enough for us, and all the Canaanites who dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron, both those who are of Beth Shean and its towns and those who are of the valley of Jezreel. And Joshua spoke to the house of Joseph, to Ephraim and Manasseh, saying, You are a great people and have great power. You shall not have only one lot, but the mountain country shall be yours. Although it is wooded, you shall cut it down, and its farthest extent shall be yours. For you shall drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots and are strong. So, this is an interesting request. They have land that has been given to, to both of them. Um, but here they are wanting more. <laughs> and Joshua... Here's them out. He doesn't turn them away. Um, but, you know, I, I ask myself, why are they coming and asking for more? They were given an allotment of land, but yet they didn't drive out the inhabitants. And now they're saying, we're, we're too confined, we're too crowded. Um, you know, perhaps uh, they understand something. Um, you know, back in Genesis, uh, Jacob, um, as he's dying, he wants to gather his sons together. He wants to bless them. Um, and he's going to basically uh, prophesy their future as it pertains to them dwelling in the land um, and their future. But before he does that, he addresses um, Joseph first. And here in Genesis chapter 48, um, he says, Then Israel, who is Jacob, said to Joseph, Behold, I am dying, 
but God will be with you and bring you back to the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given to you one portion above your brothers, which I took from the hand of the Amorite with my sword and my bow. So Ephraim and Manasseh, the people of Ephraim and Manasseh, they probably knew this. They probably knew uh, this pertaining to, to their tribe. And so they approach Joshua and say, look, hey, we are, we're only given one lot, but we were promised a shoulder above, a portion above, and, and we would like it right now. <laughs> and, um, and also, you know, they mention we're a great people. Um, in Numbers, in the book of Numbers, uh, there was a census taken. And the second census that was taken there in Numbers chapter 26 mentions the number of those that belong to the tribe of Manasseh and Ephraim. And if you add them up together, uh, they outnumber all of the other tribes. And so here they are, they're looking at themselves and saying, we're greater than everyone else. Why have we been given such a small portion? We're a great people. Why haven't we been given more? And Joshua is a fellow Ephraimite. And so they're probably thinking to themselves, hey, we're going to go approach Joshua. He's one of ours. And uh, we're going to just say, hey, Josh, where's our other portion? And he's going to side with us, and he's going to allow us this. And so they have the boldness to go to Joshua and ask for this. And it's interesting, you know, Joshua's response, he, he, he didn't disagree. But I like his response in chapter 15. It's, it's a bit sarcastic, I think. I, I, at least I like to think it's a little sarcastic. He, he says, if you are a great people then, then go up to the forest country and clear a place for yourself there in the land of the Perizzites and the giants since the mountains of Ephraim are too confined for you. And so Joshua says, yes, you are a great people, but if you are such a great people, then surely you can go and you can clear out the forests. You can knock down the trees. You can drive out the giants and then have your land that you're requesting. But they respond in verse 16, and they say, oh, the mountain country is not enough for us. And all the Canaanites who dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron, both those who are of Bethshan and its towns and those who are of the valley of Jezreel. And so it's beginning to appear that Ephraim and Manasseh don't want to do any work. They want something real easy. They want something to possess that they're not going to have to suit up. They're not going to have to do any work. Um, it seems like there might be a, a spirit of, of laziness and, and possibly entitlement here. Um, you know, as I mentioned, they didn't drive out the inhabitants of the original amount of land that they Received. And in fact, it's both noted in chapter 16 and 17 of both Ephraim and Manasseh that they uh, took those that were still in the land and they turned them into forced laborers. They basically were there to now serve them. And so here they are and they want more, but it doesn't sound like they want to do any of the work. And this is such a stark contrast to a guy they, that we studied a couple weeks ago by the name of Caleb. Remember we mentioned that Caleb in his 80s, I think he was 85, and he, he approached Joshua, hey, give me more. I, my strength, I feel like I'm still in my 20s. Give me more. I'm ready for more. I want to work. I want to suit up. I'm not going to back away from, from any challenge. God is with me. But this, is, this appears to be the exact opposite of the mentality of Ephraim and Manasseh. Um, 
It's, it appears that they've got a, a serve me mentality. I want it easy. I don't want to lift a finger. <laughs> and, so, um, and so here they are. You know, today I was reading in the one year, and it's, I was in Numbers chapter 13, and it had to do with um, Moses sending a representative from each tribe into the promised land to spy out the land. And so they go, and, and they come back, and they said, you know, Moses, it's just as the Lord said. It's, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. Um, look, we brought back <laughs> clusters of grapes and pomegranates and figs. You know, and they're, they're probably chomping on it, and, oh, man, this is good. You know, it, it says that it took two people to carry one, one vine cluster of grapes. And, uh, and so here they are. They're partaking of it. And yeah, this is true, but man, there's giants in the land and we're done. You know, they didn't even say, oh, we, let, let, let's go in. Let's just give it a shot. They were just like, it's, we're done. And, and there's Caleb saying, no, we got this. We got this. Such a stark contrast in just mentality and focus. Um, but, you know, God's promises... God's promises, I really believe, are, are ours, but we receive them through obedience. We receive God's promises through obedience. And here God is promising that he's going to be with them and give them the land. But we have our part, don't we? We have our part in, in receiving the promise and appropriating the promises of God to our lives. But we, but we need to take them through faith and obedience. And, and this, is, this is the problem here with this, with this tribe. Um, you know, what about, what about us? <laughs> are, we, are we willing to obey the Lord as it relates to receiving his promises? Are we willing to do the work? Um, you know, are we willing to put on the armor of God? Are we willing to walk in the spirit. Um, this word came to me today as, as, I was, as I was studying, and it was just this word rest. You know, I think Ephraim and Manasseh were probably looking for rest even before the work even started. You know, there is a, a rest or a perceived rest that comes or that can come to us if we're choosing the road of, or the path of least resistance. Um, I don't know if there are certain situations and struggles, um, challenges, tasks that are right before you right now in your life that you're just, man, I want to avoid that because it's just, it's work. It's hard, and I want to avoid it. And, and there might seem to be a rest that comes with that. But there, there is also a rest, a blessed rest, that comes from being Caleb-like, that comes from putting in the work. Um, and I was thinking back you know, two years ago, this month already, where we had our national quarantine, and uh, nobody knew what was going on. Nobody knew the future. Nobody knew what was right around the corner. Uh, but we as a church and as a staff, decided to really pray and, and seek the Lord. Lord, what would you have us to do in this season? And the Lord just started laying things on our heart. And with the promises of, look, we're going to get through this. Just follow me. I'm leading. Follow me. And as he began putting things on Lance's heart and in our hearts, we just began to move forward. And, you know, the Lord laid on our heart, online audience. And as you know, we bought a bunch of gear and set it up. It was a busy, busy couple months. Um, we turned one of our rooms into a studio to, uh, to send out uh, devos and, and, and all sorts of things, as you know. Uh, we put together a porch ministry to continue to meet the needs of our church, even though they weren't coming here. We, we wanted to go to them. And we called it, we just called it pivoting. We pivoted. We pivoted here, we pivoted there, and we put in a lot of work. 
and it was a lot of work initially. But today, two years later, we are resting in that work. We're benefiting from that work. And the challenges don't stop. The work doesn't stop. But there's, there is a blessed rest in putting in the work so that we can benefit from that six months from now, a year, five years from now. You know, I think about the work that we can put in in our marriage, in our families. Um, just whatever our lot is, what are we doing today? You know, we, we've been talking a lot about lately about being in the center of, of God's will and, and how there's rest in that. Uh, we talk a lot about around here about staying in your lane. <laughs> are you staying in your lane? Are you, are you being faithful to what God has put before you, what God has given you? And, you know, we can look at Manasseh and, and Ephraim here, and, and, and that's not the case. It hasn't been the case. And so, um, just moving on here, um, it, it's also interesting to see that, you know, where was their focus? Where was, what, what were their eyes upon? You know, their focus wasn't on the Lord necessarily. Their focus was on the, the task, the challenges, the trees, the giants. And, and these are people that would have witnessed and would have seen a lot of miraculous things. They would have seen the Lord um, cut off the waters of the Jordan for them to cross on dry ground. They would have seen uh, the incredible walls of Jericho come crashing down. Uh, they would have seen the Lord fight for them in Ai. They would have seen the sun stand still in order for them to win. And yet, here they are, and they're unable to drive out the inhabitants of the land. And the question is, you know, what are we, what are we focused on? Are we focused on the challenge? Are we focused on the enemy? Are we focused on those trees in our lives, those giants that are in our lives? Um, are we so blurred that we cannot see God working, not only in our life, but in the lives of others? I was thinking about uh, in Matthew chapter 5, um, that beatitude where it says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And the idea there is, you know, of, of purity is, do, do we have a single-hearted devotion to God? Or are we, have we let other things crowd, crowd our heart and crowd our minds? Are we singularly pure in our devotion and in our worship and our affection to the Lord? Because it says there that there's the promise that those who are pure in heart, for they shall see God. How can we see God if our vision is crowded, if we're so divided, if, if, if we just are so spread out? Um, how can we see God if there are certain things that God is asking us to let go of and we're holding on to? Um, and then finally here in verse 17 and 18, Joshua spoke to the house of Joseph, to Ephraim and Manasseh, and again he says, look, you are a great people and have great power. You shall not have only one lot, but the mountain country shall be yours. Although it is wooded, you shall cut it down and its farthest extent shall be yours. For you shall drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots and are strong. How is Joshua so... Um, trusting in the Lord. Where, where is this faith coming from? He believes it. He believes it for this mighty group that says that they are so strong and mighty, yet are, are, are operating in fear. In Deuteronomy 20, verse 1, there was a promise given to the people. And it just says here, when you go out to battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you, do not be afraid of them, for the Lord your God is with you, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. So it shall be, when you are on the verge of battle, that the priest shall approach and speak to the people. And he shall say to them, Hear, O Israel, today you are on the verge of battle with your enemies. But do not let your heart faint. 
do not be afraid, and do not tremble or be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is he who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. This was a promise that the Lord had given. Hey, look, if you see chariots, if you see giants, if you see things that are so um, difficult, don't worry. I'm going to be with you. I am the one who goes with you. I'm going to fight for you. And you're going to be okay. You know, Lance mentioned earlier, you know, what, what, what are our eyes seeing? Do we just see the storm? Or do we see the one that is able to deliver from that storm? You know, it was always the Lord's desire and plan and purpose that they would drive out the inhabitants because he knew that if they didn't, these peoples would have an effect on them. There was an interesting question that came up in my table um, a few weeks ago. And the question was, do you think that the Church of America is having an effect on our country or the country is having more of an effect on the church? And I think all of us at the table said, oh, I think our culture, our country is having more of an effect on our church today. Um, you know, in, in, in uh, Judges uh, chapter two, or I believe it's uh, at the close of chapter one, um, there is a list of all the tribes and all of the peoples that they failed to um, remove. You know who was on the first part of that list? Was Manasseh and Ephraim. Too much is given, much more is required. And in chapter two, of Judges, it talks about, the Lord says, look, these people are going to continue to be a thorn in your side. They're going to be a snare to you. I don't know about you, but I think I want to do the work today. I want to obey his promises today so that I can benefit from that a year from now, two years from now. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. So, you have some questions at your table. So um, why don't you guys go ahead and head back there now and you can discuss those and then uh, we'll tie up in, at around 8.30. And for those of you watching online, we'll be right with you in just a second for our panel discussion. Online audience, would you give a good hand to <laughs> acknowledge <laughs> <laughs> he did a great job. Really good yes, job. Yes, he Joe did Kim. a great job. That was great insight. <clears throat> I was busy taking some notes. It's good. <coughs> so, uh, welcome. Um, as you know, we're going through the book of Joshua with our um, men. Typically, we have a midweek service with everybody here together. But, uh, oh, what? when we start this format? A few, we started it September. Last, in September of 2021. Yeah. We uh, just thought it would be good to, the girls were doing women's studies on a certain time of the year on a Tuesday night. The men were doing men's studies uh, and staking studies. And we had our midweek, we had a lot of stuff going on. So we thought, let's try a new format. So um, one of the logistical uh, challenges was just, okay, how are we going to be able to do an online thing? So uh, again, if you're just joining us uh, and you're, you're a guy, you want to listen to the guys, uh, you can, you're probably listening to this, so but if you're a girl, you can, you can, there's an option for the gals on there, right? That's correct. Yeah. That's and correct. so you can, uh, you can surely check out the girls on the other end. My wife, Lori's down there, I believe, sharing right now, so. Um, well, great. Well, let's get into it. What's, what stands out to you, Francel? Um, yeah, I think the... <laughs> The entitlement that you talked about, you know, get, getting into that and um, not wanting to do the work. I was I was thinking about as you said that a scripture that came to mind was was Galatians six. In Galatians six one, it tells us to bear one another's burdens, and yet we should help one another. But then Galatians six five says everyone should bear their own burden, <laughs> and so it's like 
yeah, we, we, you know, we're, we're given something. And you see someone, you help them, but we have some part in it. We have a part in doing that. And I believe um, it's for a purpose, you know, like we, we're, we're all parents and, and I've seen kids take value in something they work for. And it's not just to get me busy, but it's to have value in something. And to, and I think God knows our nature <laughs> more than we do. And, and God knows our heart and, and, um, yeah, like something something that 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 I sacrifice for, something that I work for, is way more valuable to me mm. than something that yeah, it's just it's just given to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that um, I think that success can play head games on us in many different ways. And, um, you know, you, you noted how when there was a, an original census that this was like the larger group. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'm sure there were more than one or two that that played in their head a little bit, you know, like, mm-hmm. wow. Wow, we got the biggest mm-hmm. clan here, the biggest tribe, you know. And, and um, there's some clout that goes with that. And, and uh, you know. We're children of Joseph, you know. We're, mm-hmm. we're, we're. It's interesting. We're part of a, a movement, but we've never been a movement-driven church. We're just a church that happens to be part of a movement by virtue of uh, relationships that God has joined us to over the years. And it's interesting, even in our movement, that o- over the years people will associate themselves by associations to maybe a larger church. And um, I've even heard people say, well, I'm, I'm a first-generation Calvary Chapel or, mm. or, or something like that, as, as, as if that somehow is a reference point in God's eyes. Like, wow, yeah, you're, you know, you've been part of this movement longer than these guys. And I know that uh, at times we, we can even look at what the world would deem as success, large churches versus maybe not so large churches, whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that can play in our heads mm-hmm. a little bit and, and mm-hmm. feed our flesh. And that then can feed things like entitlement. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe at face value, you look at it and you're like, yeah, what's wrong with that? They're a larger group. They're the largest group. Yeah, they do have an interesting heritage and lineage um and and yeah what there's nothing wrong with this request per se you could play both sides of this coin obviously um right but it does uh as i was reading through um alan redpath's take on this it does seem i agree with him there's some sarcasm here Mm -hmm. uh with joshua in the sense of oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> and almost, it almost plays on that. Mm-hmm. I, I see that, that side of it. Um, and, and it doesn't even need to be in the, in the realm of a, a church, as far as an example. It could be in our own lives. Mm-hmm. And we could look at how many years we have walked with the Lord. And, oh, I sat underneath this person. Um, that was one of the reasons that there were div- divisions in the church in Corinth. Um, mm. there was just some sort of error, error, um, pride in that sense of error that set over certain people because of their associations to what they perceived as great men. I'm of Apollos. I'm of Paul. I'm of Peter. And there's just, there's just something wrong with that in the sense of you boil it all down and, 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 and that, that's not a merit system that God uses. Mm. It's a merit system mm. we've made up. Mm. And I believe that uh, Redpath and others who, who have written so well on this chapter, they, they got it right in the sense that there's some pride here based on pedigree, based on size, and uh, that led to entitlement. Mm. And entitlement will absolutely lead to like, 
hey, you need to be doing for me <laughs> rather than I should be doing for you. Totally. Yeah. yeah. You, you think about how, how long, how many years from Joseph to these people, and yet they still had that. They still had that mindset, you know, you're thinking like, that would be my great, 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 great grandfather, and I'm still claiming the rights that, that he had, you know, and um, riding those coattails for that long and, and being able to say that, which you, you see that. You see, um, you see that in Scripture. They, they, they did identify themselves with that. You see David, you know, when he's getting rocks around. He's just a Benjamite, you know. They, they did associate that with, but I think to take it to the level of, like, I'm owed these things because of that, that's the level, I think, where Joshua got his sarcasm saying, like, well, yeah, it was almost like, okay, you're a great people, but your grandfather was a great, your great, great, great grandfather was a great person, you know, and, um, but it's really hard, you know, to equate it in today's, but then at Red Path and you, you're just like, well, we do the same thing. <laughs> We do. We associate ourselves with, like I said, a movement or, or um, how long we've been there, seniority or, or whatever it might be with, with a friendship or even seniority with the Lord. And he, he, doesn't, he doesn't play those games with us. Yeah, you know, um, and, 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 and there was also personal accomplishments too. It wasn't just pedigree it was, or size. It was what they had accomplished for five years plus. They had conquered some land mm -hmm. and you know that can that can you know wow look at over these years how God's blessed us and yeah. and maybe it wasn't so much a God blessing thing as look at what we've done thing and I can think about in the early years we we traveled around to some countries that um, were really enamored with western culture more than anything me you know some of these oh, yeah. trips in Japan and even Africa and whatnot and and you could, you could really ride that wave if you wanted to. And um, I just remember, you know, we would do some, some, some concerts and outreaches and different things, and people would get saved. And then um, sometimes uh, they would want to talk to us, and they just, they wanted to know about our accomplishments. Like, you know, what, what do you do? I remember that even the Japanese like to stage our accomplishments rather than invite me just to get up and speak after an event. I was a, a, a surfboard shaper, you know, extraordinaire in Huntington Beach. Now, I wasn't saying that. That's just how they flowered up the whole introduction. Harmonica player. I played like four songs on harmonica and nothing more. But I'm this accomplished harmonica player. And, and they, liked, they liked to bill it as such. Because, because in that culture, it, it really got people to come out and really wowed them. And I just remember a couple of times it was like, hey, this is kind of fun, man. You're like, you're like the hero on the street all of a sudden. And right away you realized, you know, to be patronized by people or to, 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 to generate that up yourself or conjure up that yourself, it's just so uh, wrong. Mm. And it's so limiting. It's, it's, it, it has nothing to do with God. It doesn't glorify God, and God is not going to honor it or work in the midst of that. Um, I, li I liked how you, you you brought the idea up of like, man, they had to, they had to, because their eyes were on the wrong thing. Um, before we get to like the the trees and the giants and the mountains and all that, their 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 eyes were kind of on themselves, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 that means their eyes are not on mm -hmm. God. Mm. I mean, to, to become all, like, confident in ourselves, our size, our own accomplishments, that, that really tells you something about your focus and how wrong it is. Um, in Chapter 18, we'll get over there, and we see there's the, um, you know, they get to Shiloh, and there's a setting up of the, the tabernacle. And I've been to that area of, of Israel. It's, there's something about, special about that place. I believe the tabernacle was, like, in this one area there. Uh, but... You know the the picture of that is 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 that, that that God was had been with them in the wilderness. They carried the ark. There was the pillar of fire by night and the cloud by day. Um, 
he wanted them to know, I'm with you, even though you guys really blew it 40 years earlier. I'm mm. just with you. And, and that, that was still obvious um, in the first two chapters. Uh, it alludes to them going back to Gilgal. And they, they would keep the Passover and whatnot, and, and they would have believed that there was some sort of a worship center there as well. And, and so there, there, there's sometimes just so many glaring, obvious, God's with you, and you're looking beyond that or just completely missing that. And that will, will, will lead you to put your eyes on something else. And, and for them, it, was, it wasn't about God's allotment. And when we talked about even how they divided up the land, when they would come there in Gilgal and, and Joshua would cast the lots, uh, it, it, it wasn't it's just a random thing. The lot was in the hand of God. There was, God was working through that, that system of assigning mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. a, a portion of whatever portion of the land each. And they knew that. There, there, there would have been, again, a strong conviction in the promise of God to work. Obviously, they crossed the Jordan. You know, God held back the Jordan. They've come in. They've conquered the land. God has done uh, every single battle they could not take credit for. They mm -hmm. saw God work uh, from the Jerichos forward. And, and so to sit back and to, to, to take their eyes, or to put their eyes on themselves, they really stopped focusing on a lot of what God had done and God being in their midst. Mm. And we see that today in the church. We see that in ministry where God is working in our midst and yet people are are somehow making it about <laughs> themselves and sometimes we scratch our head. And, and um, you know, it could be that um, some of these tribes, they just went along. You know, they were, they were riding on the coattails of other people's faith <laughs> and they went along and, and, and they journeyed, but they, but they were just they were just missing it because, like you said, the focus was was on themselves. Yeah, and it, you know, if you're listening online and and uh, maybe maybe you're part of our church or a church, uh, and 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 maybe you know you're struggling with this. It's it's human nature. Uh, we we can uh, begin to, especially if God's using you to some degree or or has in the past. Um, the enemy would love nothing more than for you to take credit for that and me to take credit for whatever God's doing in my life. Um, and that will always limit us. And it, it should seem goofy, you know, when we, we, we hear it. I can't tell you how many people I, I, I run into. And I, I would say it's sometimes around holidays and special events that we have here and, and friends will bring their relatives and whatnot. And, and you know, you're, you're just trying to get to know them and case in point would be, oh, I go to such and such, their church. And, and they really, in a, in a strange kind of braggadocious way, are building up that person to elevate themselves. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it, it has an odor to it. You know, <laughs> it's not the fragrance of Christ. It is the flesh. And uh, I, I think we've all been guilty of that ourselves over the years of the name dropping thing and whatnot. And I always joke with you guys that uh, you, we'd go to these pastors conferences and, and we're not about numbers. We don't have a membership. I don't believe we're a numbers driven church. Let's do something to make it bigger and bigger is better and all that. But there's something about our pride and our, our, our accomplishments that we want people to get it right. And, and I've always talked about how, you know, you get around certain, you know, yeah, pastors, and they'll want to know, hey, 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 Lance, how big's your church? How big's your staff? And and I, I typically don't want to go there. My flesh wants to go there, but I don't. I, I just know in my heart that that's not going to bring glory to God. It's not what it's about. And I typically, you know, as you as you're maturing in the Lord, that's just less and less of a of an issue. You get past that. But if they guess and they guess wrong, and it's like this small number compared to what I think or whatever. I'm surely going to correct them. <laughs> There's just something about, no, no, no. I don't want you to see my, me in, in, a, in a small lens, you know, or a, a minimized. Um, and if it's about God, size doesn't matter yeah. in that sense. I remember um, 
about five years into me being here, and um, this was this was a learned trait in me because of what happened here and how I was shown. But um, I have a brother-in-law that you you knew when he was very young, mm-hmm. and uh, for five years we had been inviting him to come to church, and um, I saw a picture of you and him in Hawaii, mm-hmm. and I looked and I said, "You know him?" <laughs> and he goes, "I thought he was your pastor, but 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 I." I never told him who my pastor was because it wasn't about that. I didn't learn that here. Mm. I learned here it's about God and what God's doing. Mm. And again, like I said, I, that was a learned trade. I was, I was a baby Christian at that time. <laughs> and so that was something that, that was taught to me. Like, you know, you, I, I don't ever remember you um, introducing yourself as Pastor Lance. I never remember that. I don't remember that early on in... Um, but yeah, it's 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 something that that even in our language, we we could we could say this is mine, and, and even how we verbalize things and 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 say you know, um, you know, hey, look, look what we did this this year, you know, or however. But um, I didn't learn that here, and, and I learned here how to give glory to God, and. Um, and it does, but it creeps into you, like you know, yeah. uh, oh hey, this is what this is what I did this year, or this is whatever, and you're like, oh no 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 no, <laughs> like it feels very awkward to have I or me in in, in sentences, you know, um, mm-hmm. it's not it it doesn't it doesn't uplift my soul, my spirit when I'm taking credit for something. <laughs> the, the, you know, I think if we look at it in the context of the application that we've been extrapolating from these chapters, which is we're conquering the land. And there's never a time that there's not an enemy. There's never a time that there's not a battle. Uh, Warren Wiersbe had a really cool quote. I just, I love ripping this guy off. He's such a wordsmith. But it says, it's not your boasting, but your believing that gives you the victory and gains you new territory. Mm. Sometimes those who talk the most accomplish the least. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, <"Huh>, okay. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and again, Easter's coming around and, and we, you know, we, we pride ourselves in God doing a work here in that sense, right? We, we, we do. We, God blesses us in our services here. We, we experience him. We sense his spirit working. And, but Easter's a special time. And, and, and I, I do find that amongst us, um, we will see people saved and there's there's victories that week you know mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. sense mm-hmm. and i don't want to take away from the celebrating in our heart the celebrating in conversations that i believe we should have as well um, there's a difference between you know bragging up what god is doing and boasting in our own selves mm-hmm. um and and i i will get um even on Sunday afternoons, I'll get a couple calls from my bros, you know, and that are pastoring out there. And like, how'd it go, man? You know, and I'm so tempted, you know, to just, uh, you know, say things that maybe wouldn't give God all the credit He deserves. And and um, but the bo- the bottom line is is we we are where we are because of His, who He is in our life, Absolutely. and who He is in our midst. And if we want to continue to move forward and and, and find victory as Christians, uh, we're going to have to um, see God for who he is and give him his proper place in our life and his proper place in um, our ministry. And again, mm. know that it's uh, him and his strength mm. that has uh, brought us this, this far. So um, the complaint too, so... You, um, the question, one of the questions I had for myself, just for you, if you're writing down things, is, you know, am I, am I, am I content with my pro- present lot, mm-hmm. or am I discontent? And um, I have lived my Christian life in both worlds, and um, I don't like being discontent. Um, and I, I, I can, I can just sum it up this way: I become discontent when I get my eyes off of the Lord and put it on anything else. Mm-hmm. It just, it leaves you not content it will lead you to something that is not content and and i think that here maybe discontentment 
can drive a person out of the center of God's will. Because mm. this was God's will for him, right? Here it is. And because of discontentment, um, all of a sudden, I'm open, I'm open for something other than God's allotment for my life in this season of my life. So maybe look at it in the sense of, of um, the season that you're in and, and really wringing out everything that God has for you in um, this season. And maybe that feeds into what he's saying next. Their complaint, of course, um, too small of, um, you know, of an of a, of a area of land and whatnot. Uh, the mountain country is not enough for us and all the Canaanites as well who dwell in the land, verse 16, of the valley have chariots of iron, both those of Bashan and the towns of those in the valley of Jezreel. And you made a great point, uh, Mead, on that. And um, that look at what their eyes were on. Yeah. And, you know, it, it didn't play out well. <laughs> so why don't, why don't we speak to that? Just the... Yeah. A lack of contentment mm -hmm. and putting our eyes on the wrong thing. Yeah. I, I was looking at that today as, as I read through it, and I was looking through my verses of contentment. You know, one of them was, you know, Psalm uh, 30, you know, 37, 4, and it's like, delight myself in the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that's, they weren't delighting themselves in the Lord. They were delight. You know, if you delight yourself in the Lord, you, 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 you yeah. go through this story. The Lord, like you said, the, 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 the lots were that's the Lord and they believe that the children of Israel knew like if, if the lot came down that was the Lord making that decision mm -hmm. <laughs> that wasn't man making that decision so they were not delighting in the Lord mm -hmm. they were not um, looking at the Lord they were looking at oh I, I, I don't like what you chose today Lord you know and questioning God you know they were not only questioning you know Joshua they're questioning God and um that's what we do when we, when, when, we, when we struggle with contentment. We're questioning God and whether he's good to us or not. or whether we, And we're actually putting ourselves above God that we know better than you. And um, I think that, that's, you know, there's, there's other verses that talk about the fear of the Lord. You know, there, you know there, there's not want in there. Um, you know, this is the, the this is the... When we're discontent, we're like right now in today, my world, what lot God has for me today, if I grow discontent with that, I'm really questioning God, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I'm really, I, I'm, not, I'm not pleased with him or pleased with the circumstances. Yeah. And this has been, you know, these last few years have been so difficult in watching people believe that there is so much greener grass on the uh, on on in another in another state yes there's just if i could just mm -hmm. if the circumstances were different if i could just get and you're like and and all of a sudden we're looking at yeah the the politics in california and the taxes in the california and the educational system in california we can go down the list of what is driving all of those people away and go, wait a minute, those are things that need to be conquered. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and and it, I mean, if the Lord moves you on, I wanna make that very clear. If the Lord moves a person on that, that um, then that's what you should be talking about. Mm -hmm. We always say that, you know, we should be, you know, following the Lord's leading, not running from difficult circumstances or things we don't like about a state or anywhere or where else. Christians are led. I think that's important to, mm. to understand. Think about marriage in this context and, you know, we're, we're all blessed when, when the Lord brought us our wife and I always say I married up, but you know, with Amen. marriage, yeah, yes. Amen. <laughs> with marriage, you know, there is work. There is work involved in marriage. And, Lance, you always say, you get out what you put into it, you know? <laughs> and, um, you know, what's the most common reason we, we hear when people say, you know, it's over, it's, it's, we're moving on, it's irreconcilable differences. And, and I think it's because it got too tough. And rather than 
asking the Lord, Lord, help our marriage. Help me. Who am I to be? It's like, no, we're, we're giving up and we're moving on. And, and you take all those same things that weren't conquered in your heart, in your life, and you bring them to the next relationship. Absolutely. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, if you do the work <laughs> now and you're obedient to the Lord and what he's called you to do, whether it's a marriage or whatever it is, you're going you're gonna to benefit from that, from that work, that blessing. I think, I think it boils down to just understanding contentment. Contentment in the heart of a believer is a relational thing mm-hmm. in the sense of God's got me in this marriage. I'm content. God's got me in this season. I'm content. Totally. totally. It's, I'm, it's a relational thing between me and him, and we rest um, in that. And that's why I think the, you know, the sarcasm almost, you know, <laughs> okay, if you're such a great people, then just, you know, <laughs> Got, start clearing, start clearing the forest, you know, um, and and start rooting out the enemy. If you're such a big, you yeah. know, powerful, great, um, you know, people, and part of that is sarcasm, but part of that is just, it's it's wisdom. Yes. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, it, it 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 is a challenge coming out of a pandemic to see so many people. Uh, this week I ran into uh, a number of people in our community that are letting me know there's certain times they're coming back. I'm not asking them that. I'm just like, how are you doing? But when this happens and that happens and these stars line up and blah, blah, then you're going to see us again. And, 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 and you know, Mead, you, you really gave a good description of when, when we all went through the same pandemic, we're all live on the same planet. But nothing changed. Our lives in that sense, as far as that was God's lot for us, it was part of the allotment. Mm. And we looked at new things that needed to be conquered. And it wasn't easy. There were a lot of tears at Mm -hmm. times. Um, It was hard to watch people we've loved and poured into for uh, so many years uh, be impacted by a pandemic, the body of Christ to be, you know, pulled apart. All of that was not easy. Uh, but, but God was so faithful to show up. The tabernacle of God was among us. Yes. <laughs> the, the, you know, the, the Ark of the Covenant, you know, we had it all, you know, and then we were being priest-like in the sense yeah. and just, man, let's run with Jesus. And he was so, so faithful he, to, to, and I, I you know, I, I was like, yeah, we, we are resting in the, the benefits of the victory that he brought us. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I don't believe we would be resting right now. We would probably mm-hmm. still be hiding if we didn't roll up our sleeves mm-hmm. and hold on to his hymn and say, we're going where you go. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure there's any greater sense of rest than being close to him and having him fight for us each day through the challenges of our life. I think about the pandemic and I remember early on thinking I would never have thought this was going to happen in my lifetime. I really Mm -hmm. believed that I was going to live out my life as America the the way I grew up. Mm -hmm. Like I really believe that. Like the rest of my life but, th- but then, like you said, we, we get our focus back on the Lord. That's, my, that's our allotment in life for us to live through this season. Mm-hmm. And what we do with it, what we did with it, depended on our identity in the Lord, our, our contentment in the Lord, our faith in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, and we all could look at each other and, like, you know, you said it too. It was like, how many times... I, 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 I got caught up in things I shouldn't have got caught up the past two years and in my thinking and, 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 you know, like, oh, my goodness, let's, let's watch this, let's watch this. Hey, that's too bad. Like, let's go back to what God has said. Let's go back to this and, and really, again, go back to finding, like you said, our lane. Let's go find our lane. Let's go find um, our, our allotment. And, and we were never 
handcuffed. We were never masked to the point where we couldn't minister. Mm -hmm. And it, because we focused on, on being content in that place. You know, I, I still remember the first time we were up here and, and we did, we, 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 we missed. But I remember thinking like, there's no way that we're gonna experience the Lord, you know, in an empty room. And I remember we all went back there in tears and we said, <laughs> yeah, and we, wow. we had tears because we missed the people, but we had tears because the Lord yeah, met us yeah. here. We were like, yeah, and we all talked crazy. about it. We were all like, did you, did you feel that? And we all felt the Lord affirmed us and met us here just as powerful when this, when yeah. it was, when it yep. was full. And that, that it was, was, was us being content, I believe, with what the Lord had put in us. And it, but it was a work to get there. Yes. It was, it was a lot of devotions, right? <laughs> a lot of redirecting right. in the morning and a lot of like, hey, hey guys, hey. Because we were coming, what about this ministry? What about that? And, and no, 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 let's, let's, let's focus all in, you know. I remember, you know, going home and, and, and telling Sarah, I think our hats got changed like three different times throughout the day today. Like, okay, then, then tomorrow I think our hats are going to get changed again. But being okay with that. Yeah, and I think, I think what it is, again, is it's just remembering you know, you know the the Christian walk is not a, a walk through the park. It's 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 a battle, and the moment we we uh, fail to to realize that, and that's the theme out of the book of Joshua, and to and to really glean from God's word how He wants us to view this. This is the important thing. It's not like oh, let's make up some sort of idea in our mind about what the Christian life is like. No, we have these great examples. Um, and you, you quoted that passage out of Deuteronomy 20, which is just a, an amazing classic. Um, but, you know, when you go out to battle, it's just that, these are his people, these are his kids when you go out to battle. This is his nation when you go out to battle. And I always like to bring the book of Joshua and think about when they come into the land, they're coming into their time in history a history that's his story, which is the plan of redemption. Mm. And that's their time. That's their place. They have their battles. They're moving the kingdom of God forward at that point, you know, point in time in history. We're no different. Mm. And there's battles. But the two times I underlined in that passage, for the Lord your God is with you, the one who brought you up out of, out of Egypt. Mm. Um, and, and he will go and fight for you against your enemies to... To, to save you. Um, I think the victory sometimes, guys, the celebration I know in my heart is not when we're on the other side of it. It's in the midst of it. When I'm seeing God work through the battle, when I'm seeing God bring victory and we're like sitting down, yeah, this is, this is getting pretty bloody, man, but God is with us, you know? And, and, and you miss out on that if... You don't do body life and, you know, as we used to see that, that picture of a, a Roman army going into battle and they, they, they hooked their, their shields, a shield of faith, you know, and we got to be close together and hooked together. And uh, just a word of encouragement to you that might be out there as well that uh, maybe, maybe the Lord has amazing plans for you and maybe this has been a hard season for you and you feel maybe marginalized maybe you're lonely maybe um, you're still dealing with some some fears uh, just a word of encouragement man God has enlisted you and uh, maybe he's got you in a season of rest there are times for that as well but you are still his his child he loves you he's not done with you uh, as we would look at our church here uh, every week we see people come back here and, and um, man, it's been a couple of years. You, you know, you haven't changed. It's, that's the compliment. You know, you haven't, oh, you haven't either. Great. Uh, and, and it's just great to see them. There's no, there's no weirdness. It's just, a, it's a celebration. It's a celebratory moment. Um, 
that God is, is reuniting us as, as his family. So um, be encouraged out there um, that, that God is with us and he's for us. And uh, we are walking in victory, but we, we do that together. And I think that's important. Meet again. Thank you for sharing tonight. Good oh, word. Uh, Francois, you want to pray us out? Sure. Father, we thank you again for your son, our Joshua, our, our Savior, Lord, our soon-coming King. And we thank you, Jesus, that you would be obedient to the point of death and death on the cross, Lord. And we're, we're thankful for that salvation. And I pray, Lord, if there's anybody out there that... Um, doesn't have it, they, they would desire you. They would be touched by even this message, um, believer or non-believer, to uh, get right with you, Lord, to, to get their eyes off of the giants and the trees and get their eyes on you, find contentment in you. So thank you for this time. Thank you for this word. Thank you for your word. And um, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. And lastly, too, let's pray, Lord, for uh, what's going on in our world, specifically mm. in uh, Ukraine. Mm. Um, now we're just seeing so much evil unleashed in that area, and we just come against that by faith in your name, Jesus. And we pray for intervention, for protection, save lives, protect lives for the families that are completely pulled apart lord bring them back together um for the evil that is being unleashed through vladimir putin we just pray you would bring an end to this evil man and uh, we commit him to the one who judges righteously mm. that is you um we pray for russians around the world as well that are not behind this and just are devastated by it we pray for them as well, Lord. Bring salvation. Uh, your church that uh, is been established in Eastern Europe and um, now we know with, with, with Poland and Germany and all, all the, the Eastern Bloc nations and the Baltic states, so many refugees being poured out with, into Hungary and uh, Lithuania. And we, we just, we pray for those people that are embracing um, the needy and we pray that you would bless them for it lord you would get the resources to them they need protect those that are even going in and are extracting people out of harm's way protect them lord get these people out and as we have seen you supernaturally bring victory to your people we pray somehow you would bring victory to ukraine and we know there's all kinds of interesting politics involved and corruption involved across the board in this world but on behalf of the innocent lord we pray that you would you would fight and bring victory and we we pray you would use us as a church as well continue to give us wisdom on in how to pray and how to invest and support the ongoing work there because this is not going away soon in jesus name amen amen, amen. all right love you guys We'll see you Sunday. Action.